Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and the great game of football is readying itself for its biggest event in 4 years. The World Cup's around the corner in Qatar and this issue's cover package brings us some beautiful stories of Indian football from around the country. There's of course a section on the global players to watch out for but the package covers far more ground. Joining me to talk about it are Divya J Shekhar and Kathakali Chanda from Forbes India. Hi Divya and Katha. Thanks for joining in. Hi Abhishek. Uh, thanks for having us. Thank you. And uh, Katha we could start with you perhaps to uh, to to understand what was the intention of having this subject on the cover apart from the pa- fact that it is pegged would the reader be a little surprised by the subject of the package itself or was it too obvious a choice that uh, you know you had to cover it because it's a big one first and the most obvious answer to your question is that uh, as you mentioned the world cup it begins from the third week of november it's one of the biggest uh, sport thing spectacles in the world the initial target the immediate target was obviously to celebrate that spectacle to encapsulate the rich history of of the event to sort of as you'll probably see that our colleague madhu has done a wonderful photo feature that captures its history right from the first world cup in 1930 to now so that was what we set out to do along with answering another question that pops up every 4 years when will india finally make it to the world cup will india ever make it to the world cup so we also wanted to look within and see what is happening at the grassroots right. as you probably seen the package naini went to aizol and a few villages around it to see how that is producing a lot of players mm. you know 30 plus players in the isl come from the from the region so she went to investigate what the region is doing right, right. divya spoke to a number of grassroots organizations went went off to ajmer to watch a football match among girls to see how football is changing the, the social uh, dynamics mm. for young girls you know sort of it's it's sort of a tool of liberation for them so we wanted to look at what's happening within india as well every mm. brick that is being laid to the path of the world cup tournament itself which is not immediate we were not going to make it to the next edition but maybe 20 years later we can think about it so we wanted to see what are some of the steps being taken what yeah. is happening at the at the grassroots that could come together eventually and put india on the global map uh, right. in some time from now and and talking of uh, grassroots and you alluded uh, to how uh, divya herself uh, Uh, you know saw a couple of matches down in rural india divya continuing from there you've written about how girls in rural india are using the game to fight patriarchy what did you find out when you went down there and spoke to the girls there as a reader it appeared that football is far more than a game to them the idea behind the story was you know to to find out why and how football is more than just a, a game for these girls so be it in uh, villages uh, mm. in rajasthan jharkhand or uh, in andhra pradesh uh, mm. in ananthpur and, uh, and and across the country uh, we see that young girls are often uh, restrained or bound by their social circumstances mm. uh, they are not able to access education uh, in many parts of the country early marriages are still a problem women uh, access 
accessing public spaces is a huge hmm. issue uh, with the help of a number of uh, grassroots organizations these girls have actually used uh, football and the platform that playing the game and uh, getting access to uh, games and tournaments with girls of their age across the country they've they've actually used that to get out of their social constraints so a lot of uh, people who are working on the grassroots have hmm. seen a positive correlation in how girls playing the sport are able to navigate their circumstances they they develop more self confidence they are able mm. to say delay their marriages put forward um, the demand that uh, you know i would prioritize my own education i want to have a career i want to move out of the village and i want to mm. i want to do better for myself the story basically talks about how playing the game has a positive correlation when it comes to all these social aspects and it's it's not that easy right all we think is it's just a football that you can kick it around uh, and you just need a ground you talked about access to open ground itself is a challenge and also you wrote about you write about how it's perceived or is indeed a masculine sport from where it began and um, even wearing shorts for example which is the attire for a sport like this could be a little tricky because uh, the girls may not get permission from their folks to to do that yeah because at the end of the day patriarchy and prejudices mm. are very deep rooted and it takes a lot to change mindsets whereas it's one thing that it can only be done uh, by example and as the stories of these girls say that it takes them a lot to get their own parents or their own family to develop right. that kind of confidence in these girls and the fact that okay you need to prioritize their education their health their mm. well-being their independence so changing mindsets is uh, very difficult and you know as the data itself suggests as i've mentioned in the story even though our organizations are able to get girls to start playing at a young age once they reach 18 years or more the the social norms uh, mm-hmm. sort of start catching up again and parents start again uh, worrying about okay what will society say if my mm-hmm. uh, child is not married and she is playing football instead so the number of girls playing football reduces uh, you know drastically in many cases as they start getting older so right. the challenge still continue okay even though you are getting young girls to play the sport even mm. though they are using it to empower themselves how do you make sure that they are able to sustain the positive impact that it has or even say uh, turn it into a career of sorts like mm. even though many uh, girls start playing it as a sport very few of them actually use it to find careers for themselves and katha if i may bring you on this point here where divya talked about careers do you see that over time changing uh, given the fact that there are far more sponsorships today in the game whether men or women and uh, that it is gaining popularity see freestyle football is not alien mm. to india i mean if, if you go to the state uh, go to states like bengal the northeast right. kerala goa and you'll see kids you know just gathering a football and playing in the gully the question has always been how to build up this momentum you know how to for the lack of uh, lack of a better word how to have a movement that mm-hmm. would put india on the global map and for that we need sponsorships yes we need proper infrastructure we need to guide the these talented kids towards the right path so that football is a becomes a viable career so yeah. some of it obviously have started we know there is the ISL which has drawn a lot of sponsorships like i mentioned that we have a lot of lot of footballers from the northeast coming and playing in the ISL but i believe there is still a lot way 
a, a long way to go for India to make it to a global stage like the World Cup. So we need we need to come in, bring in a lot of professionalism in the game. We need to bring these foreign influences on one hand and also take these kids out of the country to see how top footballing nations play the game. So it has to be it's a it's a two way street and a lot of effort, a lot of investment has to go into both these initiatives for that footballing movement to gather momentum. To, to a great extent now foreign clubs have uh, started showing interest uh, and you've written in, in great detail about them to you know further their cause within the country. So when did they first start appearing and what do they bring to the table? So there are two ways in which these foreign clubs and foreign leagues, and I mentioned leagues because La Liga is also a stakeholder here. So there are two ways um, in which they look at India. One is, can we increase just the fan base and uh, expand our commerce in terms of bringing in merchandise, setting up fan clubs, which would eventually eventually mean bigger revenues, bigger viewerships, that leading to broadcasting rights being expanded. So that is... For some clubs, that is the goal. For some other clubs, commerce is, of course, one of the drivers, but there is also that bit of intention to plow some resources into grassroots, developing grassroots football in India. Uh, that is what most of the clubs that you will see, the collaborations that happen, that's why it's two-pronged. You probably would have seen that Joe Morrison, one of the, the football commentators, have mentioned, I've mentioned him in my story, where he says that it's the second method that might bring in some results. Because if a club is here just to increase the fan base, that does nothing for the development of grassroots football. Right. So you have to bring in the, the football philosophy. You know, the football philosophy has to come. That includes the structured training methodology methods as well as taking the kids to, say, for year-long, two-year-long programs mm. outside to for competition. One okay. of the things that came across uh, during my conversations with coaches and, and even Indian, both Indian and foreign trainers is that Indian kids are not match ready. It is one thing to practice something in during your training session. It's another thing to implement it during uh, matches. One of the Italian coaches I, I spoke to was telling me that a 10-year-old Italian kid who's in a football academy plays one match, at least one match every weekend. I mean, for an Italian kid that adds up to 40 matches a year, for Indian right. kids, it's barely five to 10 matches. So if you ah. take Indian kids outside, if you put them in a, you know, in the cauldron of matches, that sharpens their, their skill and that brings them up to the international level. So these are some right. of the things that really... Uh, you know, that really need to be done. And if, if some of the foreign clubs are interested or, or invested enough to bring in these uh, measures, that is likely to affect uh, uh, impact Indian football far hmm. more than just increasing the fan base. Thanks, Katha. And in the interest of time, uh, either one of you, if you'd like to uh, just round up, uh, what can the reader expect uh, in this uh, pretty big package? So what are a couple of other stories that come to mind that you think you, that you can point the readers to? So you'll have, of course, uh, as, as I mentioned, my colleague Madhu's done this uh, fabulous photo feature that captures right. the rich history of the World Cup right from 1932, the the last edition. We also have, uh, you know, my, our colleague Samitha doing infographics on players to look out for, you know, how the, the, the lay, how the World Cup has been laid out. 
the schedule how the matches uh, are so sort of a primer for any football fan who can open the page and and know what the world cup is all about we also have as i mentioned i mean divya's traveled to ajmer naini's traveled to aizol so we we can get a glimpse of what's happening at at the grassroots so my colleague kunal has written about the very difficult journey that the indian women's captain ashalata devi has made right from fighting her own family to first play football and then becoming the captain of the country that's quite a fascinating read there we do have of course the question that i mentioned that when will india ever make it to the world cup so our editor yeah. brian carvalho who's himself a football uh, fan has uh, taken a stab at that so that's quite a, a wide range of stories we have there lovely thank you very much katha and divya for your time on that note we can wrap this one up thank you so much thank you abhishek Thanks, Abhishek. Thank you, and all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, or any other app that you use to download such content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to five one eight one eight.